Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the new president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. Welcome to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, the Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, Peter Light Podcast, Pampers Podcast, the Hey, They Went and Caught the Young Brazilian Guy podcast. That's good. That's good. No more lockdowns. Everything's great. Uh, I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad, joined by the Butte, the number one Butte on the show. And that, of course, is Chris Terrian Bundy. Find him on Twitter at CTerrian6. How are you doing? You absolute delight. I, um, you know what? I'm thrilled to be here today, Russ. It's, uh, you know what? It's been a really great week. Hockey's pretty much here. Camp opens next Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, so uh, I know that I'll be uh, over at the uh, at the uh, Wells Fargo Center and, and the Skate Zone as well, covering camp. And uh, as, as we just said, we'll we'll have, um, if you think you're, you're, you like seeing us, I have a feeling you're going to be seeing a whole lot of us. So, um, and again, that'll, that'll, uh, we'll, we'll be, that's an announcement. Yeah. You're going to, uh, we have some, I, from where I am, if Russ thought the Hilferty interview was the most exciting thing we had in terms of an interview, it, I agree, but I think this is bigger than the Hilferty news and it'll be coming to you probably in the next few days. Next week or two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say probably in the next week or so. Yeah. Um, I was trying to come up with a name. We were talking about this on the YouTube exclusive thing before, uh, we went with live with the show. Um, and the people who are in the podcast feed, who we greatly appreciate, very much, we do. All the people on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and not Stitcher anymore, but Pandora and, and uh, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts and the like, you know, they miss out on a little bit of the banter ahead of time. Today it was nine minutes worth of banter. Um, one of the things that we talked about is like coming up with a name for when it's just me and you doing the show. And I think Scott Walker, who's watching the show live, came up with a great one, The Butte and the Beast. Now, who's who? You know that's up to you, but I, I think Bundy's the beaut. I'm no, I'm good with either one, Russ. Actually, I'm wow. fine with it. Okay. I'm comfortable in my skin now at this point in my life, man. So it's all good. It's um, all good. There's there's a lot to get into this week. Um, the the Flyers rookie camp began this week. There are some familiar faces on the ice. You've got Sean Couturier back. You have Cam Atkinson back. You have uh, Travis Konechny was back on the ice. Wade Allison was back on the ice. So there, there are 
a number of familiar faces. And then, of course, there are the guys that are, you know, potentially trying to make a case to get a look, to get a look either, you know, for the regular season or perhaps to put themselves on the radar in case there's an injury and there could be a call up down the line. Um, I just wanted to know from, from your vantage point, from your years playing, how important is a rookie camp for the players who are invited to it? Like just in terms of getting themselves on that radar with the coaching staff. Yeah, just, uh, just, I I really think they probably, you know, in terms of um, player assessment, they're going to look at at the players and they know who those players are coming in, in terms of what they can bring to the table. So I don't really think it's a matter of, of, um, of moving someone to the front of the line. You might open someone's eyes. You might see someone's compete level in a little different light than maybe you had before. There are guys, I mean, there's people that change They get to different, different levels or stages in their hockey career, and they might be better at a certain level that they were at another one when there's more synchronicity between the players. There's some players, believe it or not, that were actually bad minor league players, uh, but were better at the NHL because there was more structure. That's happened to a lot of players over the years. But I think, I just think with, uh, with young rookies right now, it's an opportunity for them to show a new regime, uh, certainly the leadership and the management side, you know, who they are, what they're all about. Uh, most of them will, will not matter to John Tortorella and his staff. They're just too young. They're going to go back to junior. They're going to be in the minors. So, uh, but in terms of being able to just gauge who they are and, and what they bring to the table, certainly from their energy level and their competitiveness, I think that's what's good about rookie camp. Yeah. And you might find a diamond in the rough that you can maybe bring along a little faster. Uh, somebody, you believe me, when kids are young, you can you can develop a lot both body-wise and mentally, uh, even through the course of a summer. So I think that that's kind of important to take a look at. You know, I mean, I always tell people, you know, people think their kids are, you know, little Johnny is a superstar in hockey or football at 15, but they never counted the other little Johnny was going to grow four inches and put on 50 pounds. You know, and didn't lose a step. So I always tell people that with football, but rookie camp's just a really good gauge. I think to see what people's abilities are, their skill level. But for me, more importantly, to see what kind of level of competitiveness they have moving into the future. Because you know, if they have that at 18 or 19 years old, they're certainly going to have that as they get older too. So that's an important one for me. Hey, by the way, I want people uh, who are watching on the live stream do us a favor. Do the thing that we usually say every week. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now. Go down below the video, hit the thumbs up. Thumbs up helps us get into the uh, the YouTube algorithm, has it show up to more Flyers fans. So if you don't mind, that would be swell. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at SnowTheGoalie. We're up to 1,800 subscribers. We built this account, what, four months ago, five months ago? So that's not too bad. We obviously want to get to 2,000 or more by the time the season starts. Um, we have We have a super chat in here. Bundy that I think we cool. should get to as we, uh, sure. you know, continue to go back and forth. Justin Kent says Bundy is the beauty and the beast. So it's beauty and the beast plus Russ. Thanks guys for distracting me from my remote work today. That's what we're here for. You know, that's what we want to do. Right? We're, we're here. Like, it's not just the good looks and the boyish charm that we both bring <laughs> to the table. It's, it's to make sure that we keep you distracted from your work. Um, all right. So rookie camp is important. The actual training camp starts next week. Now, from your perspective, seeing guys like Atkinson, who didn't play last year, yeah. Couturier, who we've talked about at, at length at this point, about his injury issues, seeing those guys back on the ice um, at, at rookie camp, you know, at least working out around the team, is that more of a trying to prove to themselves that they can get themselves back into conditioning where they need to be? Or do you view that as like, 
all right, there's not going to be a captain this year. Those are two guys that Tortorella is probably going to lean on to be leaders, and they're kind of setting the tone for the for the young guys at rookie camp. Russ, this one's probably multifaceted because I'm just I'm really easy to put myself in in their position from being like you know injured. I didn't have a, a situation where I ever missed an entire year like that, uh, or Coots two, Atkinson one. Um, but what the one thing I'm, I'm able to think of is, you know, going into that camp healthy, you know, as if I was those guys, I do the same thing. I would want to be out on the ice with the rookies. It doesn't matter if you think that you're ahead of them and you've already been in the league 10 years or whatever it is. It's still competition. You're still skating with young guys with fresh legs. Um, and yeah, you are. You are showing your coaches. I mean, I think you have to with, with a guy like Coots, like I know that you can look back and say, you know, what kind of a career he's had. And he's had a really good one here. He's an honest player. You know what you're going to get from him. But from the same standpoint, like John Tortorella doesn't know him. You know, he hasn't played for him. He hasn't seen the, the recuperated version of Sean Couturier. You know, is he healthy? How's he feeling? Uh, I'll notice right away if he's if he's missed a, missing a step or two because I've seen him his whole career. There's not a lot of people that can say that. So, you know, those are all opportunities for them to look at guys. But also, I think for those guys to really uh, get up to snuff on some of the drills, like you can't really recreate drills just doing them with the guys on the ice you know because it's a little yeah. it's just a step lazier you know when you're when you're lining up with the players to take your shooting drills but if you line up with coaches on the ice in an organized type of setting then you're going to push a little bit harder uh and veterans are not you know i mean these guys to me still have a lot to prove you know just because you're out for a year and your veterans means nothing it just means you're another body that's under contract that you have to prove again that you belong and coming off an injury is a tough thing. So they have work to do. Uh, but I do admire the fact that they're certainly out there jumping the shark and, and trying to make a difference. And I think that that's an important thing to see, especially from veteran guys. And it sets a tone and leadership, a leadership message down the pipe too. you know, letting everybody else know like, Hey, I don't know what we're going to have this year in terms of a team guys, but we're going to certainly change the culture. We're going to continue changing the culture. And that's an important part of this. So they're out there. It, it's meaningless to be honest with you that they are out there. But it's not in, in a sense that they're getting their feet under them and getting some some timing drills ready for the main camp, which will start next week. You know, I've always looked at camp as the 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 ultimate way to figure out where your team is at when you're a bubble team. Like sometimes when you look at a camp early on, you get a feel for if the guys really do believe in the squad they have. And we know what this team is, right? Last year, and I will come back to this a million times, and you you, uh, you sent me uh, a message uh, about something that happened last week, right? There was a guy who ran into you and was like all excited and was like, oh, I'll listen to you on Snow the Goalie, love the show. But like talking about how we pretty much outlined last year, around this time last year, exactly Jeez. how last season <laughs> was going to go up through like April, right? We, we pretty much nailed the hell out of it. And um, I like, this isn't complicated. We know what this team is, um, barring there being, you know, six or seven young players taking five or six steps forward. They're not gonna be a bubble playoff team. So th this camp actually feels a lot different uh, from what I think most fans are, are used to seeing and entering a Flyers camp, because whether you believed in the past that the team was good enough to make the playoffs. The organization told you that you should expect them to make the playoffs or be in playoff contention. Last year, you and I and Anthony, we looked at it. We said, team's not good. They will not make the playoffs. They'll be a bottom five, bottom 10 team. 
Doesn't matter if Chuck Fletcher says that they're, you know, trying to make the postseason. Does not matter. They suck. This year, by contrast, the organization has told the fans, it ain't going to be this year, guys. You want to win a Stanley Cup every year? It ain't this year. But there's at least an understanding. There's a cohesive vision, I think, between what the fans expect and what the organization's selling. So what are what's something that you're looking for going into next week's camp that people should have an eye out for knowing that it's not a good team? Well, I want to say it's not a good team. You know, and one thing I will say, I spoke to Jonesy the other day, a couple days ago, and um, we talked a little bit about that. You know, we talked a little bit about what I thought the team would look like. You know, he had his, what he thought was a little bit of his vision as well of what he thought uh, this season would look like. And, and you know, and, and again, the, the sell you get, and, and it's, it's a real one, I do the same thing is, well, we're going to work and we're going to work really, really hard and we're going to, we're going to get that back. So that, that again is the messaging that we're going to get until the Mishkoffs and uh, the Cutter Gauthier's and, and the high draft picks and the good free agents start flipping over and, and becoming part of the wave of the future. So, you know, again, uh, there's going to be what I'm looking for this year is who's really going to take a stride into the future. Um, hmm. Is Konechny going to, is he, is he going to really have another good year? Is, are they going to, are they going to try to move him at the deadline? You know, I mean, um, uh, you know, who, you know, how is Katuri and Atkinson? How are they going to look? What is his defense going to look like? You know, that's the biggest question. You know, Jonesy yeah. said uh, one of the things I think he's mentioned is that we want to have a really, really good defense. Everybody wants to have a good defense. Everybody wants yeah. to have someone who can defend, can move the puck. Uh, and I just don't know how they're situated for that right this minute. Uh, but those are also, you know, like, again, I know Sandheim went through a lot in the offseason, you know, in terms of them trying to move him to St. Louis. But, you know, if I'm him this year, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me try to go out and just do the job that I can. And, uh, you Hold know, on. let me try to – Hold on. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the bucket bomb. <laughs> I had that queued up. Had it queued up. Now, if I remember correctly, we did nine minutes pre, pre-show pre going live. So that takes us to about 12 minutes and 40-ish seconds. So I don't know who hit on the over and who hit on the under. We can go back in the comments on the live uh, show for the first Bundy ball. So, All right, go ahead. So, anyway. you know, and I want to see, I want to see Sandheim in, like I said, effort. Just take the ball. Like if, if you, if he's a good player, if you're a good player and you can make a difference, go take the ball by the horns, make a difference and prove them wrong. There's nothing I love seeing more than a, like a player shoving up a coach's rear end, you know, or an organization's rear end, because that's really, that's a competitive and character that a guy should have all the time. You know, if they're paying you that kind of money and everybody's like, man, he shouldn't be making that kind of money, go prove them wrong. Prove that you are worth that. So there's a lot of little things I'm excited about. The goaltending situations uh, is going to be an interesting one again. Uh, you know, Carter Hart is is still, again, is he going to take another step this year? You know, what's, what's it going to look like? Is he going to see 40 shots a night against? There's a lot of little, little things that, that are part of it. The one thing that 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 is there again, though, is is Torts is is again going to elevate the team. They're going to, they're probably going to, they may win a game or two that you don't want them to win because of the high traffic. But if you're going to do that, last year would have been the year to do that for for Connor Bedard. You know, if you're going to tank, you had to tank. Last year was your year to do it. So again, I, I don't ever like coaching like that, and I don't ever want to have a philosophy that you're going to be down because you're going to tell people to be down and you're going to, you know, we're just not there yet. And, um, 
you know, that's the wrong kind of messaging. So from that standpoint, like even Jonesy says, we're going to work, we're going to be competitive. You have to have those things installed in the foundation of your team before you get the talent that comes in and learns that too. So um, it's a tough, it, listen, where the flyers are at right now, it's not an easy place to be. It really isn't. You're, you've told your fans in the last few months, we are rebuilding. There is some optimism, but at the same time, you know, it comes more with hope right now uh, from everybody saying, geez, we hope we're, we hope we have a better year. We hope things go good. Yeah. But really the only thing that's going to, that's going to ail, you know, aid and ail that is, is, is time and getting yeah. more players and turning the roster over and bringing in new people over time. So that's what it is. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are exciting that to look for in camp this year. There's also things that are be continued concern for me, some yeah. of them being injuries, but also, but that's all part and parcel. That's part of what goes on in, in the course of the hockey season, but excited to start. Uh, but again, you know, a, optimistic, but still some skepticism in terms of what everything is. And, and I think there's supposed to be skepticism in a rebuild. It's not supposed to be pretty. Yeah. You know, the, the, obviously one of the things that stands out, um, and we don't want to like keep going back to this, but like, it is a thing. Nobody has any idea what the goalie situation is going to be. We have no idea what this is going to look like throughout the season, right? The, the hockey cannon investigation still, still looming, right? Um, there yeah, I've heard enough of that to be there, honest with you. Like it's there, getting old. Yeah. Well, there, there were multiple, uh, reports that were put out, um, by the athletic about, uh, you know, contacting bill Daly, the, the deputy commissioner about, you know, can we expect something? Can we expect there to be news or an update? Because if you remember back around the Stanley Cup, that was when the word came out that like, hey, we're getting close to this report coming out. Then around the draft, we're getting close to the report coming out. And now here we are, we're, we're a week away from camp opening and there's still no word. It was actually kind of in, in a way, it felt like, oh, well, no, no shit, this is gonna happen. When the, when the NHL, uh, last week, going into week one of the NFL season, there was the, uh, you know, Carter Hart and a few other players who were part of that um, Hockey Canada team. They switched their accounts to private on Instagram, and that got a bunch of people's antenna up. Like, uh-oh, does that mean something? Now, there were a bunch of people who didn't understand what that means. So just really quick, if you make a social media account private, that's Twitter, that's Instagram, whatever, if you're already following the person, you're still going to see everything unless they block you from seeing it. What it really does is prevent anybody new from following you. So like if there were, I don't know. And the, again, this is not a report on anything. If there were something not great to come out about you in the news, uh, it would prevent people in theory from being able to like go in, follow your account and try to like dig up dirt. Right. Um, not saying that's what's happening here, but just to be clear, so like a lot of people were like, well, I can still see everything. It's like, well, you were following them already. Um, but the the thought was, oh man, like all these guys are going private the Friday going into the NFL week one. What a time to drop that report because it would obviously not make, you know, many uh, A block on the sports, on uh, sports shows either locally or nationally when you have the NFL season kicking up. Didn't happen. We still don't know. No one still has any idea. Uh, Ivan Fedotov, by the way, continues to play in the KHL, despite the fact that the IIHF gave a ruling that he cannot play. They said F that. Obviously, it didn't matter because he's still playing. The Russian Federation does not care. The KHL does not care. All right. Um, 
you're looking at a situation here where like, all right, you want to look for a player to keep an eye on at Sam Erson, right? Because there's, there's your guy who enters the season as the backup, as somebody that Tortorella was effusive in his praise of a year ago, and somebody who like, whether it's by trade, if Carter Hart ends up getting traded, if it's um, a much worse scenario where Carter Hart's unavailable, Arison could get moved into that starting role. So like, that's a guy that you keep an eye on. Is anybody going to get excited about like a Felix Sandstrom? No. So like you look and you go, all right, that's one guy that we can look at. To your point from before, Travis Sanheim is a guy that like I expect a lot from this year because he had about as bad of a year as I think he's ever had in the league. And as a guy who like previously had been somebody that you go, all right, this guy can give you some decent power play, you know, minutes on the second unit. Uh, this is a guy who can, you know, kill some penalties. This is a guy who like has decent skill in the offensive zone. Like you think to yourself, all right, like he should be somebody that you can do something with. Is he worth what Chuck Fletcher signed him to? No, not at all. But, you know, he can now go out hopefully this year knowing that the team isn't very good and he can say, eh, I'm going to go back to playing the way that I play. Uh, and, and you hope that Tortorella, as you know, this experienced coach is going to be able to figure out how to maximize the guy because you sure as hell can't have that kind of a big salary guy not playing any kind of a meaningful role on this team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, I, and you know, look at some of the stuff here. I mean, it's uh, you know some of the players they lost. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's listen. You get paid when you get paid like that. There's it comes with a lot of encompassing things, and yeah. it's it's sometimes there's nothing you can do except just go out and play. You know, I mean, Provorov was was moved out of here because they wanted him out of here. <laughs> but I mean, there's been enough smoke and fire around everything that's gone on. Same with Hayes. Yeah. yeah, good guys. Yeah, good guys. Um, but again, they, they, you know, there's somebody obviously at the top felt that they needed to to move some bodies and personalities for the betterment of the group. And these things happen. So, but again, is what's their most glaring thing when I look at it right now on paper? It's defense. It's a yeah. it's a defense of the team. I mean, they have a, you know, York is you know, he's a he's a smaller sized uh, stature defenseman, you know, like is he, you know, what's he gonna be? And I like him. You know, I want to see more speed at him. I want to see him play the game faster. But really, the, yeah. the problem is, is is a guy like it, it's not a problem, but it, it, there's going to be a lot to follow on Sanheim this year because he is making that kind of money. You can't go get two for that price of one with that salary. Yep. And so until, you know, he understands that that's the way it is and he's going to have to raise the level of his game, um, he'll be scrutinized for that. And that's just the way it, it, it goes. I mean, that, that is the way it goes. Um, hey, here's a good here's a good uh, sign. Solar yeah. Warden says, according to my franchise sim in NHL, Sanheim does in fact take that jump and notches over 40 points and is a plus player. Well, that's great. Solar Warden, God bless you. That's great. And if you don't believe why did, God, he, gotta, why did he have to put that little LOL on the end, though? I don't know. I guess Solar Warden. If you take the LOL off, it looks good. If you put the LOL on, it looks like you're saying that my AI NHL franchise simulator said he's going to have a great year and get 40 points. I don't know. Maybe they were, you know. They, they're kind of leaning into the idea that the game is perhaps wrong. I don't I'm know. hoping, I'm actually hoping that that is absolutely what happens. I'd love to see him get more points than that. He will probably get some power play time this year. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, yeah. so here here's something that I think we can kind of get to as well. Now is more about building the culture than it is stacking up wins, says Zach Weeks. So this idea of culture, towards building the culture, right? Um. There are two things that go hand in hand with that. One of them is tradition, 
right? Do we, can we go, can we go the tradition route here, Bundy? Because there's something that the flyers have now leaned into in terms of their tradition. Um, they've made a change to what people are going to see this year on the ice uh, at Wells Fargo Center. And that is this. So gone is the single Flyers logo split by the red line. Nay, nay. We're back to what Ed Snyder wanted, a double logo. Now, for those who forgot, the change to go to the one big logo divided by the red line, that started in 2019-2020. As I was saying to Bundy on the phone earlier, the 1920 season, meaning 19, 2019, 2020, yeah. not 1920. Um, they've gone back to the double logo. Some people don't care. Some people are very excited. I think it's kind of cool. I love where it. do you land? I, I absolutely love it. You know what? And I it's one of those things where the last regime that's in here, they 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 change some things and and, and new regimes do that. But uh, when you look at the mess that was the other logo with the line through it, it did it no justice. This is clean. It's yeah. perfect. As as Justin Kent said, beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Look at how shiny that is. And that is that to me, I like it because you're looking at both ends. You can see that flyer logo around something that's got like a slash red line through it. So I, I absolutely yeah. love the double logo. I know. I, I mean, is it kind of crazy that we're talking about, we're at the point talking about logos on ice, but these are the things that are meaningful to a lot of people. You know, these are the things that we talked about, the history of the team, the things that have mattered here for a long, long time, win or lose. And that is one of them. And that is a really, really cool look, clean look again. And I like that you can see from both ends, you can see the logo is clean. It is pretty cool. It looks much, much better uh, than, than the single logo. I did not like that. If you're watching over on YouTube, we've just added the poll. Which logo do you prefer on the ice? The single logo or the double logo? Yeah, Zillow, see, Zillow, Zillow uh, 092. It seems so minuscule and stupid, but it does matter. It does. It does. This is a purest temp. This is like where, where hockey is more culty in its little innuendos and small things for Flyers fans than I've ever seen. And I know yeah. that. I've known that forever. And so that's what's pretty cool about it is that they do care about little things like that, especially the hardcore fans of this team. And that's what makes it really, really uh, it's, it's a little thing, but it's a little thing that matters to people that want to come down to the building or, or have had passion for this team for 60 years. You know, we'll have to uh, have to pass this along to the Flyers organization, but I know that, you know, it's a very polarized fan base, very polarized world in which we live Bundy. But so far, there are 32 votes on that poll, and it is unanimous. The double logo is what wins. It's we'll leave that up there for the rest of the episode. I just want to see. But we're up to 32 votes, unanimous right now. So that's that's certainly something. Um, we, we mentioned culture. We mentioned uh, tradition. I have to ask you about something that happened in the hockey world that's not actually related to the Flyers. Um, but before we get there, because it's kind of like a down story, let's get to one other good thing that has to do with the Flyers. Mark Recchi yes. is going to be inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame. So um, I can tell you that like as a kid, I loved watch, watching Mark Recchi play. Um, I was honestly a little bit surprised that he hadn't been inducted to this point. Um, your thoughts on his induction coming this year? So, so I'll tell you what happened. And, and well, first of all, one of my one of my favorite teammates uh, of all time. Right? Just a great guy. Still somebody that I just pick up the phone and call. Um, 
just an awesome, awesome person. And um, I couldn't be happier for him. So I think what happened with Mark Recchi was when it looked like his career was maybe dying down, <laughs> he ended up getting plucked up by, it was it Pittsburgh? And then he went to Carolina and he won another cup with Carolina. So what happened was when Rex first retired, he said, hey, listen, when I retire, I want to get put into the Hall of Fame here uh, with the Flyers. I want to go in as a Flyer. And this is true. He's telling everybody that. So what happened was with Rex is his career just got, kept getting extended. He kept wanting to play. And then he went to Boston. And then he started compiling these uh, an, um, a crazy amount of games played, wins another cup in Boston as a legendary kind of older, elder statesman player. And what happened in a lot of ways, I don't say the Flyers got left behind, but they kind of got left behind because he ends up winning another cup in Carolina, another one in Boston. Uh, and he never won anything in terms of a Stanley Cup in Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Boston. And um, and so it's just taken a little bit of time past his retirement in his Hall of Fame to salute a guy that uh, I believe still has the most points in a single season. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going off the cuff. I'm not looking at anything. Single season by any Flyer player. One of the great guys I've played with, a great person, and uh, really, really excited about his night that night. And I'll be there with uh, a full cheering section for him. He deserves it. It is really cool. It, it's really cool to see him get that honor. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I look back at that time, and and you're, you are right. It was the 1992-93 season. He had 123 points. Um, it's just crazy to think back to that team, especially. And, I, and I, <laughs> I'm going to make you feel really bad, so get ready for it. So – that there was uh i'm trying to think it was i had a poster in my room as a kid and it was primo recce leclerc and ronick and i want to say it was like when i was in middle school i don't make you feel great but um i look back at those teams and i just think of like what what i wish could have been i, I loved watching those teams and and i i don't know what it was it always felt like recce was underrated Despite the fact that he was so good, um, it it never felt like in the moment he got the credit that I thought he kind of deserved. And like, I don't know if it's because people got soured on him a little bit because of the stint with Pittsburgh and with Boston. And like, people don't necessarily think of Recky in the same way as like being a, you know an all time flyer. Like, there are people who who seem to like associate him with other teams because he won cups elsewhere. But like, I, I don't know. I want to know from the people in the comments, like. Where are you in, in terms of like where you think about Mark Recchi? Because again, he goes down as like one of my favorite players from the middle school years that like I got to watch play. Um, I want to know if other people have that same thought that like you don't necessarily associate him as much as a flyer or do you? And it just so happens that he went to other teams and won cups because we can't have nice things here. Um, I think it's really cool. We'll certainly have right. to do something. We'll have we'll, to have, we'll have, we'll have, to have, I'll him, on have him on for sure. We'll have him on the show for yeah. sure. And he will gladly come on. That's just a phone call. That's not easy. So, I mean, just a great guy. And, and congrats to, to my great friend, Mark Recchi and teammate too. Somebody keeps reminding me about the 2000 year. Fuck. I hate seeing that. That was, that was a really real, there it is right there. I fucking, if you, you know what, dude, it's one of those things, man. If I got a time machine, there is one fucking thing I do. If I What's go back that? in a time machine, I go right back to the end of game four and I change everything. I, I give them a glimpse into what will happen. Oh, fuck. That would be someone would say, What would you do in one time machine moment? I would go back to after game four 
of the Devil Series in 2000. All right, let me let me peel back your trauma. You a guys bit can more. do the rest of the work in your brain on that one. And let you know me, what, let, too? Nobody yeah. else will say it, but every fucking guy I played with in 2000 would join, would jump right on the same boat with me and say, "You know what? You're right, Bundy. Let's let's show the glimpse of what happens." Because that, that team was, easily should have won. That was bringing game. back. That was bringing back a certain player. Doesn't even at this point doesn't even matter. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Anyway. Sorry. Well, I was gonna listen. I was gonna peel the onion back with you, but I can I can tell we've hit a a, a, a bad. I can't a bad stand here in that so. two thousand ninety seven. We go to the finals. It wasn't even near as close as not as two thousand. Yeah. Anyway, Russ. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to like let let people have a moment. Uh, you know, it, and it's funny because so often I think it's I don't know if it's a modern player thing in a lot of these leagues, but there are times where like you listen to. Uh, the way that players react after losses and you kind of go like, man, like the idea of like laughing and yucking it up with the opposition, like after you get eliminated from the playoffs and as a fan, you sit back and you go, that's kind of bullshit. Like I want to see these guys be upset that they lost. And again, that doesn't mean that it's uniform for everybody. It's not something that happens with every player, but here we are 23 years later and like the pain and the agony and like the, what could have been is still like very much on your sleeve. So if nothing else, the people who are watching and listening to the show know that there's um, an authentic disdain for what happened that year. Um, here, here we go. Let's get some some people's thoughts from there. Zilla says, uh, when I was in high school, I didn't like him because he was traded away for my favorite all-time player, Tockett. But as time went on, I saw how amazing a person and player he was. Loved him. Great flyer about uh, Recky. Um, let's see. Here's a question. that's off topic. Why isn't Reggie Leach in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's another another interesting one, right? Like, there's a lot. The Hall of Fame stuff is really odd. Like, I don't even want to get into it. We could, this. We need to save it for a whole show because, yeah, like the Hall of Fame to me is losing its cred. And, yeah, it's... and I'll just say it. I know there's people on there that I know, but if you're not gonna have Jeremy Roenick in the fucking Hall of Fame, then you shouldn't have a Hall of Fame. Like, it's an embarrassment. I don't care what he did or what he said or whatever. I mean, people do dumb shit all the time. I've been the king of it. But what I will say is that don't don't. Don't ostracize players because of whatever happened after hockey. Roenick should be in the Hall of Fame. And if you're not, then your Hall of Fame isn't real. It isn't. It's a fake Hall of Fame. And I mean, you that know kind what? Of thing, that, that, it it's is. not just this sport, too, but like. It's a lot. Of, it's all political. It's like, oh, I said that. It, it, Jeremy either Roenick the player, either player was good or. enough or the player wasn't good yeah. enough, you know? And, and hockey doesn't have the same kind of issues with PEDs that, uh, that baseball had, right? So, like. If the guy was good enough, if he said stuff that was offensive or misogynistic or whatever, you can think that the guy is a shit human being. You're right. certainly entitled to think that. But if they were a good enough player on the ice, the last I checked, that's what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be. So the Hall uh, of Fame couldn't wait last year to get the Sedins in and do their little Swedish, you know, meatball trio. Great players. I love them. They were great players. I played against the Sedins. Believe me, they weren't that hard to play against. They were really, really good players, like really skilled power play guys. But you know what? They could – and everybody knew it. Johnny LeClaire would joke with me, like, watch what they do next year. They're going to make sure they put in, like, the little Swedish train of guys are going to go in. It's going to be this feel-good, and they're going to leave fucking JR off the ballot again. Someone else mentioned McGilney. How is McGilney not in the Hall of Fame? Yep. Like, it's pathetic. It's yep. actually at a point of an embarrassment – 
Hall of Fame, I didn't mean to come at you today. Get fucking real. Start doing your work. Start Put the politics behind you and start doing stuff that's meaningful and that fans care about. All right. Nobody cares about all of the political aspirations. Oh, he's a nice guy. You know what? Jeremy Roenick's a nice guy, too. He is, believe it or not. He's a character. He's a character. And you know what? There says something about characters. You know the problem we hear all the time about players in the NHL? Oh, we don't know who they are because they have helmets on. We'd love to see what's behind the mask. Well, somebody showed you what's behind the mask, and what happens? He gets kicked in the ass for it. It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. JR for the Hall of Fame and McGillney, too. We'll probably come up with a few others. You know what? You may as well put LeClaire in there, too. He should be in, too, with all the goals he had. Nobody had more goals over a five-year span than John LeClaire, and he should be in the Hall of Fame for that. Five years in a out of a league that's 100 and some years old? Sorry, Johnny, you're in the Hall of Fame, too. I'll get my list next week of five guys not in that should be, and they can consider it. I love that idea. I think it's great. We'll submit it to the Hall of Fame. By the way, I found the poster. This is the one that was hanging in my room as a uh, as a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. I have no great, idea. I have, I have no idea what happened to that poster. When my parents moved to be closer to us, most of the stuff that was in my like childhood room went away, and I have so many regrets because I had like a lot of fun Philadelphia, you know, sports posters. I had pro wrestling posters that like I wish I had kept. Um, they'd be hanging in this office, but uh, yeah, that was that was the poster. Um, all right, let's get to, and, and this, is, this is where things get a little bit interesting. So um, we have a lot of people in the comments that, um, that feel like, here's, here's another one, Brian Propp. Uh, Linda Joseph says yeah. things should be, should be in five, five finals for Brian Propp. You know, a Flyer Hall of Famer. I mean, his numbers are there. Again, yeah. it's a popularity contest. Yep. That's who gets in now. By the way, the thing that you said about the Swedish meatball, like I no I, disrespect to those guys, just came no, up with the Swedish that, meatball. I mean, listen, the Sedins and good. Daniel Alfredson were great hockey players, and Daniel yeah. Alfredson is a superhuman being. He lives in Ottawa, great guy. Yeah, uh, just again, it's not disrespectful to say that they should. They 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 sh somebody wanted them in. They deserve to be in, but mm -hmm. not before other guys that absolutely should be in, and that were a major part of this league. So you know, Roenick. For sure, Mogilny, Brian Propp's probably an outside chance. It's been a lot of years, but man, I'll tell you what, you can make a case for a few guys. Someone mentioned Keith Kachuk. He yeah. doesn't have the amount of playoff games and the deep runs in the playoffs that I think you need to do to get there. Uh, but again, he's another guy who's scoring 50 goals a year. Johnny LeClaire has a Stanley Cup, you know, prior to his flyer time in Montreal. Mm -hmm. So that's why it makes uh, uh, makes sense. Uh, it just, again, it, it – uh, I just like doing it by, you know, we always talk about analytics. Yeah. You know, oh, analytics rule the rules. Then if that's the case, use your analytics for your Hall of Fame inductions too. Mm -hmm. Because there's guys in there with some great analytical numbers that aren't in, and they had great personalities too. Rise up, get past whatever's going on in your little mind. The fans are going to be fine with JR being in the Hall of Fame. Trust yeah. me. No one's going to be upset about it. Hey, by the way, here's the multiverse for today. I just want people to think about this. So Pashendi says the most destructive move in Flyers history is trading for Lindros. Forsberg was so much better. I just want everybody to think, and like, obviously, there's no way to have any idea how things would have panned out had you never made the trade. Imagine if you had gotten Peter Forsberg at peak powers, that he develops the same way with the Flyers and spends a decade on this team. Does that change things? Does that fundamentally alter the franchise's uh, uh, outlook? I don't know. 
I don't know, but it is fun to think about. I mean, it is crazy that you have a, a trade that goes down with two players who ultimately at any given time in their career were top two, top three players in the league. Uh, it yeah. doesn't happen very yeah. often. You know, it, yeah. it is. A, and, and that's why the thought experiment of, it, I think is, is such like an intriguing thing. And it's why you see so many people go back to it so often. Like, man, what could have been, but like, you, I don't know, just a thought. Yeah, no, no, I, and, and, and I and I totally agree with that. But the, the the thing is, is that trade was so multifaceted, Russ. Like when you mm -hmm. when you got Lindros in here for that, you know, it became a huge money thing too, right? Just beyond the yeah. player for player. So you know, there there was a. I mean, Eric was a dynamo. He was. You know, you can't say he wasn't. He was a marketing machine, uh, and the Flyers looked at that. You know, you didn't know what came with that. If you could re-switch the player, yeah, yeah. you would have. But as I said in my book too, you know, Eric, if it, when he was on his game, was the best player that I'd ever seen. He just couldn't do it on a consistent level like other guys, and injuries hampered him as well. Yeah. Um, hey, we have to get to something here that I think is gonna. Uh, it has nothing to do with the Flyers, but it really took the hockey world oh, by storm yeah. the last couple of days. And boy, oh boy, do we have hypocrisy running amok in how it was reported and how people responded to it. And um, let's get into it. So there, there was a, a, a quasi report put out there by, um, by Biz over on Spit and Chicklets about Mike Babcock uh, requiring Boone Jenner to show his phone and the pictures on his phone to Mike Babcock, to the, to the coach uh, in Columbus. And um, supposedly the thought process was, Babcock wanted to know what kind of guy he was, what kind of a leader he was by looking through the pictures. Now, Biz took it a very interesting way about, you know, why would you want to see pictures of, you know, um, it, it really, really took hockey Twitter by storm. Um, it was such a big deal. And Chicklets, obviously, with Barstool, have a big enough platform that when an accusation like that gets made, that an organization and a league and a players association are going to look into it. So Biz goes, says that thing, that Babcock wanted to see generous uh, pictures in his phone, which you can't do. I mean, I would love, and and I'm certainly going to give you all the time in the world to speak on this, but like, you can't do that um, no. to, to figure out what kind of a leader, a good guy or not he was. So Babcock allegedly wanted to see the pictures. So not great. Uh, the organization, the Blue Jackets, released a statement saying that um, it was mischaracterized and that Babcock wanted to see uh, family pictures. And then uh, Jenner had also been part of that statement where he, you know, said that it was uh, he didn't like seeing how it was like blown out of proportion. Gaudreau apparently put out something about it as well. And so the hockey world kind of looked and said, well, that's just Barstool being Barstool. Very interesting note here. Babcock. Not a great guy, not a great history, not exactly somebody that you should like want to hold in, in the highest of regard and give the benefit of the doubt to. Yet there were people who, because they hate Barstool so much, said, well, of course Babcock wouldn't have done that. And then on the flip side, you had people who were like, yo, Babcock sucks. So like, it's entirely possible. So we had this weird dichotomy and I'm gonna take it one step further and then, then bring you in on it. So the, the organization makes a statement. Everything seems hunky-dory, except the Players Association did another inquiry 
And now there's apparently a bigger investigation because a number of younger players on the team were uncomfortable with the line of questioning and what they were being asked to, to show or to reveal. Now, I've never been a professional athlete. I cannot imagine being a young guy or a vet and having your coach say, show me your phone, show me the pictures in your phone. Now, I can honestly tell you that I don't, uh, I would not be engaging in some of the things that maybe Babcock was afraid that his leaders were engaged in. But again, who the hell are you to say, show me what you got? Where, where did you fall on, on this one? Um, well, actually, after seeing some of the stuff, I don't know if the players were trying to pull some cover for him or not. Like if they say, if someone afterwards said, hey, listen, I didn't mean it, or he tried to backtrack on it. Yeah. Uh, you can't ask anybody to see their phone. Like, I mean, at that level, it's, a, it's like going to a regular business place with somebody at a regular business place at a corporation, a boss say to a, an employee, hey, uh, I want to see your phone. Yeah. No. You can't look at my phone. It's that's not within the parameters of the world we live in or the rules, probably of the business. So, you know, again, I, these are things that people had gotten away with for years. Uh, you know, I, and again, I understand. Listen, I understand, you know, people more than most uh, an organization in sports. um, um need to keep an eye on on players guys do things when they're younger and you got money and whether it's drinking and gambling uh you know out in the bars carousing uh doing whatever it is so i understand that the teams want to have a control of that narrative and know what guys are doing but i think when you do stuff like this um i don't know i i i, I just think it's weird i think the whole thing's weird. it's it's, it's, I think I mean, it's one okay. thing like it, somebody it's one thing, if, if you're if you're the coach, and by the way, you can pull it up. You should be able to click on those comments and bring them up. Oh, I, okay, I, you right. should have access to. But like, if if the idea is you're trying to connect on a human level with your players, and you're like, hey, look, you know, I don't know, hey, what were you up to? If if I were your coach, Bundy, and I said, hey, um, you know, my family, we went to Outer Banks this summer. You know, like here, I'll, I'll show you a picture from where we were in Kill Devil Hills, and like I showed you a picture, and then if that inspired you to be like, oh, you know what, my family and I, we went to stone harbor yeah look at this isn't this cool like look at this lighthouse or something that's one thing but to to be like give me your phone so i can see the pictures is yeah. weird there's yeah. like and and i want to get to a bunch of the comments here i don't know if you well, have I one see, i don't, I don't have an unconfirmed to... stuff like this one about from uh is it Peshendi? according yeah. to friedman babcock took the family uh photo of players and put them up on the big screen in front of the whole team in detroit that's freak show weird yeah like that's fucking weird like if yeah. a coach did that, if I came into the room one day and I had like some guy like, you know, here's a picture of money and his kids be like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So I, 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 you know, to me, it's about how the player took this. And if Boone Jenner went in and there was this real sense of odd yeah. to it, I'd be like, sorry, dude. Like, I don't know what's going on here. This is kind of creepy. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, but I don't think it sounds like, uh, uh, it just, it's just weird. It's, it's weird. just weird. I, and I don't, I, it, it's just odd. I, Hard to you say know, if it's malicious, but it's strange. I want to present both strange, sides right. here from like people in the comments too. So Jay Mark says, if my boss asked to see my phone, I'd have some colorful words for him. Uh, Michael Hoffman says, wasn't it the same guy who said Mishkov was a bad teammate talking of biz, cough, cough. So, you know, Michael obviously doesn't believe that whatever biz is putting out there is true. 
Barry says he has concerns about the situation, but it was reported in such an irresponsible way. Zach thinks that this shows how loud business voices in the sport. Well, of course, too, he's also on one of the national telecasts, right, as an analyst for TNT, which, you know, th by the way, and, and we'll get back into this, that's another level to this that makes things so much more complicated because I'm, I'm Barstool agnostic. There's some content that I think is hilarious. There's some stuff that I don't care. I genuinely don't listen to Chicklets. I don't think it's a bad show. I just, it's not my, it's not my cup of tea. I like the pizza reviews. I think they're funny. There are certain things that I listen to or watch and I enjoy and some stuff that I don't. I don't look at an entire outlet and discredit everything because, uh, you know, people don't like somebody or they don't like a personality. In the case of biz, it's hard because, um, that connection to Turner sports and that connection to the TNT thing puts him in the same kind of like placement as like a Charles Barkley would be talking about the NBA. Barkley, I think in recent years has kind of found that like there are times he has to be careful what he says when he goes on to different shows, because what he says, if it's off the cuff can really blow up in a big way. Biz is a lot newer in terms of, you know, being affiliated with that national entity. And so like the, the, the Turner corporate, the, the Warner brothers discovery thing that like, I don't know if he's gotten to that point yet. I also don't know if he's going to change it, but like, that's just something. Um, Andrew says, I think the Babcock situation is being blown out of proportion. Biz tends to over-dramatize things, especially when it comes to Babcock. Uh, Michael says it's creepy if only Babcock later uses the family images as a way to dig into them as ammunition for verbally abusing them. I don't know if anybody's accusing him of doing that, but that that would something certainly be something. Abozo says uh, Gaudreau went on 32 Thoughts and said it was nothing more than a get-to-know-you effort by Babcock. Uh, a nothing burger, tend to believe Gaudreau. Other former players said the same thing. So there's just a lot. There's a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, here, here you go. So Bundy, is this an issue that players would take to the NHLPA to report and file as if they're uh, in HR? Like, could could a player get offended by it or think that something's weird and file that nowadays, to the NHLPA? Nowadays, yes. Back when I played, I was the one who went back and told a good story to the boys in the locker room and had a good laugh on it. Yeah. Now, now it's like, oh, you got to get everybody involved. <laughs> it's a big deal. I don't like yeah. that he did that. I don't like that he asked guys for their phone. That's personal information. And, you know, if you did that in a regular corporate world, well, just about anywhere in the corporate world, you'd be fired. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you can't do that. I mean, that's like a boss asking his employee for, you know, your personal You can't do that. I mean, but does it make it different because it's hockey? Because it's this coach-player relationship? No, it, it well, shouldn't. And that's where Zilla brings up the interesting point. If a player says no, uh, what, don't they get ice time? Are they worried about things like that? That's a concern. That's real. Yeah, I mean, you, you would have to assume that if you're not complying with what your coach asks, uh, it puts you in a very weird spot. So um, Boba Fat, by the way, it's weird to ask to see someone's pictures. I agree. It's funny because if you think about it, Bundy, how many relationships in this world would be uncomfortable? I mean, there are certainly people who would not be comfortable if they're partner, their girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, ask to see the pictures on their phone. Now, I think that that's probably a concern. If you have that concern about your, your spouse or your partner, um, there's probably an issue there that you need to resolve or come to some kind of terms with. But that said, that's something like when you start dating someone that probably would not go over very well. Certainly as an employer, you can't do it. So uh, we'll see. And if there are any developments that come from this, uh, we'll certainly talk about them again uh, on next week's show. Um, there you go. 
There's a power dynamic problem, of course, and felt like Johnny Hockey was just being a company guy, says 13 Captain Price. So that's uh, that's interesting. The NHLPA is meeting with the NHL today. Um, and Sting Chameleon says, uh, my thoughts are if the young kids did not like it, there's no way Babcock can be behind the bench. Already lost uh, the room. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I This is going to be something that we're going to have to keep an eye on because Babcock's not going to get fired over this. But is it going to increase the scrutiny on a guy who already was on thin ice in this league? Yes. Like the Babcock hire was viewed as something that was a little bit iffy uh, uh, and, and certainly controversial. So we'll have to see. Uh, it's entirely possible that this does prove to be a nothing burger or it could just be like a typical miscommunication. The vets saw it one way. The younger guys saw it another way. Power dynamics are different. We'll see. Um, Bundy, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we head out today? No, I don't think so. Um, camp starts next Thursday. As I said, we'll probably, hopefully in the next week or so, have another major announcement. Maybe the biggest announcement. Maybe the biggest announcement. Maybe I'm going to go Russ. Maybe the biggest announcement Snow the goalie will have ever had. Oh, boy. Oh. Maybe, just maybe. Who's, hey, Russ, I sound say? like you. Summer who's, Russ, who's, I sound like right now. Who's to say? Oh, no. I just don't want it to feel like it's overhyped and then have people be upset again. Although I can say that this it will not be overhyped. I can also, I'll give people a little bit of a clue. Um, as we expand our coverage, something that people used to really love that we haven't done for a couple of years is, is going to be coming back. And I think that people are going to really enjoy that being back because I think it's going to, I think it's gonna be better than ever. I'll just say that. That's that's my last little tease on this one uh, for today. So just get your get your keep getting your flyers news here and nowhere else because we promise you we will give you nothing but the truth always. All no right, hold on. I just hold on. I just got a very interesting text. You okay? I, um, um, there might be something developing. Developing uh, with what? I just want to see. Okay. Gronick in the Hall of there, Fame? No. There might be. I want to be very careful. I'm going to try to send a message back here. Uh, there might there Some of the players who are in camp might not be in camp for much longer. What camp? Flyer camp? Or not. Who knows? I don't know. Flyers camp? Blue Jackets camp? Maple Leafs camp? Who knows? Who knows? Who's to say? I can't. I can't dive into it. I'm just saying. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. All I'll say is keep an eye on uh, the Snow the Goalie uh, Twitter account and social media channels, and Anthony at Ant San Philly and Bundy at Cetarian Six, and me at Joy on Broad. We'll see. We'll see. Um, there could be some things in the pipeline with this team. That's all I can say. You and I will talk about it after we. We're done going live here. Russ, is this like, okay, you know what? I know we're talking about it. Are we live right here? Are we depriving or depraving our fans of breaking news? Are we allowed to put it? Is it something that you're, obviously, we are very careful sometimes when stuff comes out that we don't get ourselves in any league. I don't want to burn it. I don't want to burn anybody by talking okay. about it. Okay. I would just say that the roster as it currently stands right now is being evaluated on a number of levels and that perhaps... There could be some movement at some point. Who knows? Who's to say? We'll see. Okay. All right. I hate doing that. I really do. Um, but hey, we've now discussed it at the end of a show. I'm so in the dark happens, as Francis Izzo is right now. Come on now. Listen, I promise you 
that if and when something happens, we will come back. And if it's a big thing, we'll do an emergency pod. And if it's not a big thing, it'll just be part of next week's episode. Okay. Bundy, let's let's just remind the people really quickly that uh, next week, Flyers camp opens, official training camp opens. Um, we intend on having a presence at camp uh, in some way, shape, or form. I think you said you're going to be going down to camp at some point. I think I'll probably make it down there a day. Um, I know Anthony plans on being down there at some point as well. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting season, and I think it's going to be a very interesting season for our show. And so with that, a big thank you to everybody who uh, joined us live on the YouTube uh, stream. Russ, what? real quick, too. I have a, uh, a speaking engagement in Westchester University next week. This is the one that we talked about last week and how like it uh it would be better if they found Cavalcante by then. So go ahead, plug uh they did, yes. I'm doing it with Deborah Ryan, she's a DA of Chester County. So uh the 19th, which is a Tuesday night, seven till eight thirty in the uh big auditorium at Westchester University. Uh I will be doing a seminar on basically my story, uh, but also uh and how it entails to like law uh crime and punishment stuff like that so we're gonna have like law students and the entire i believe westchester student uh athlete uh will fill it up to uh to hear some great stories we'll have a, a multitude of speakers seven till eight thirty uh i'll post it you can uh, get tickets if you want to come out they're cheap that's great thank you there you go so go out and go out and listen to bundy and if you go to westchester Make sure you go up to him after, ask for a picture. Tell him you listen to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. I'm always available for pictures or an autograph. Come on out. See, that's, that's what it's all about. Yep. I have a feeling that people are going to be able to find you this year. If they I want have to find a, pretty good, a pretty good feeling they're going to be able to find me too. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right, that's it. Thank Great. you to everybody. everybody. Thank you to everybody who uh, who checked in. And by the way, this is a great guess, but not correct. 13 Captain Price says, I hope it's know the goalie. The thing about um, <laughs> what we used to do. I don't remember if we did this when you were on the show. This was like pandemic era. I used to do a segment with Anthony called Know the Goalie. And I would give him a bunch of random facts about a former Flyers goalie. And he'd have to guess who it was. And I often, more often than not, stumped him. But there were a few times that he got it right. I wouldn't be opposed to doing that every once in a while. I still have the audio drop for it. So maybe we'll bring it back at some point. Um, Anyway, a big thank you to everybody who um, who checked in live. Um, and we will be back next week with another Snow the Goalie. So thank you for listening or maybe even watching Snow the Goalie, the only yeah. Flyers podcast. Find us wherever you get your podcast apps. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We want to get to 2,000 before the start of the season. Um, and then make sure when you watch the, the episode, you give the thumbs up. Click the thumbs up. Hit the bell. Ring the bell so that you don't miss an episode in the future. So for Bundy at Cetarian6. For Anthony Sanfilippo, wherever he is, at Ant San Philly, I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. Thanks again for listening, maybe even watching Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. Talk to you next week.